When the Passion of the Christ, that movie first came out, I remember seeing it in a theater, and you know, afterwards, people, my friends and I, we would debrief. Uh, you know, what was the scene that you know touched you the most, or that you liked the most? And you know, just seeing those scenes up again on the screen today, tonight. It reminded me of that conversation. The scene that touched me the most was when Jesus uh, was given the cross. And as he was given the cross, he falls on the cross and he embraces the cross. And someone on the side would go, why are you embracing the cross? And then it was then I just, I just bawled. <laughs> and we are here to remember what Jesus did for us on that cross and when we weep, it's not because we feel sorry for Jesus. It's because we see what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we weep because we want to show our appreciation. Have you ever been so full of just emotion, sentiment, thanksgiving, and what comes out of you are just tears? And I think today, tonight's first song just captured that perfectly for me when we just started singing Worthy is the Lamb. Jesus is absolutely worthy. And we are here to sing his praise and his glory. I just wanted to share something as we move on in our service from the Gospel of John. And the word tonight is from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 28 to 30. So if you would turn with me, we'll read this together. The Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 28 to 30. Now hear the word of the Lord. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it. They put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just so you know, Jesus went through, just a reminder, we know this, we play it every year, but Jesus went through a tremendous suffering during this time. And this is what we remember. And as he went through this tremendous suffering, now we are going to the end. And John is reporting, he said, I am thirsty. When you are crucified on the cross, you die of two things and you suffer from two things mainly. And people know this now. But you die of dehydration and you die of suffocation. Unlike what many people would think, you would think he would, be, he would die of blood loss or um, anemia. But sometimes people will be so dehydrated 
that their tongues would literally stick to the roofs of their mouth. That's how dehydrated they would be because of that loss of blood and the water they need to get that blood going. And so Jesus said, I am thirsty. And in this passage here, a jar of wine vinegar was there just the night before Jesus had shared good wine with his disciples. And now we have fermented wine, rotten wine, that Jesus would take after he gave his disciples the good wine. And the stock of the hyssop plant is significant here because they used to use that hyssop plant branch to take blood and put it over the door for Passover. And so instead of putting blood over the door, they took a sponge, put up that rotten wine, and Jesus took it in his lips. And when Jesus received that drink, he said, it is finished. And he gave up his spirit. And we can imagine what must have been going on after the incredible torture that he endured. Every single breath, every single swallowing, if you had any saliva, is torture. To push yourself up so that just you can breathe. And he would do it once, twice, and continue to do it to say words. Jesus, you're dying. It's excruciating, excruciatingly painful. Just save your breath. But in fact, he musters up all his strength to share with us his words. It is finished. That blood loss, that giving of blood through that pain is incredible, but it signifies something, doesn't it? And reminded as we see the wine in front of us as well and the body broken as well, reminded of Jesus' sacrifice. I have some interesting facts about blood, and blood is about 8% of an average person's body weight. If you have a healthy kidney, healthy kidneys recycle 400 gallons of blood daily. An average woman has 4.5 liters of blood in her body, and an average man has 5.5. Blood leaves an indelible stain. In fact, Native Americans used it as paint. In the early 19th century, people believed that riding on a carousel would improve blood circulation. One out of seven people entering the hospital need blood. Someone needs blood every two seconds. And one pint of blood can save three lives. What we know from this is that blood gives and maintains life. Jesus shed his blood for us and remember it tonight. Anthony J. Carter wrote that if the history of redemption is a story told in pictures, the blood of Christ is the paint with which the story is portrayed. If we realize that it is God's blood shed for us that changes something in us because we know that the blood that was shed for us so that we can have life isn't any normal blood. 
It's a blood that satisfies. Satisfies what? Why did we need the shedding of Jesus' blood? And you can imagine perhaps this scene playing out in heaven. When people see the Son of God, when the angels saw the Son of God suffering immensely, they might have said, isn't there or wasn't there a less painful way for Jesus to have done this? And God responding, yes, but it wouldn't be love. It wouldn't be love. What Jesus does when he says it is finished is an incredible, incredible statement. The final breath that he mustered up to say it is finished has such deep, deep meaning. And it's important that we understand this meaning. From the very beginning, God had promised and given Abraham a covenant. Do you remember this? In Genesis 15, God gives Abraham a covenant. I will make you into a great nation. Go to Canaan. And Abraham says, how will I know you are with me? How will I know if you will carry out your promise to me? How will I know, God, if you will keep your promise for me in my life? And God says, fine. Take these animals and take these birds. And Abraham did it. Abraham took the heifer, the goat, the ram, the turtle dove, the bird, and he split the heifer, the goat, and the ram into half. And then what you see here is that a great darkness fell. A great and fearsome darkness fell on Abraham. And a lot of people read this and they're like, what, what is this talking about? What is, what is so, why, this is so weird. But if you think about it, I'm going to compare the two. A great darkness fell when Jesus was crucified. Now there is a, a huge correlation. We cannot miss the beginning of this covenant that he gave to Abraham. So when people make a covenant, it is a promise. And instead of writing contracts, which we have today, instead of signing a lease, if you are signing up for a house or a mortgage or apartment, whatever it is, instead of signing the contract, this is how they did it. They made a covenant. And the way they made the covenant is that they acted out what would happen if we broke this covenant. So what would happen if I broke this covenant? And you see three animals torn into two. And then you see God walking in between the two animals in utter darkness. Normally when you make a covenant... It's between someone, and if it is between someone greater and someone lesser, then you would have the person lesser walk through because they are the one staking, right? The king is the one staking something so his vassal would walk through. So if we had this scenario for a king and his vassal, then the vassal would walk through saying, if I do not keep this covenant, may I be torn into two just like these animals, May I be torn into pieces just like these animals. And if they are equal, then both will walk through. 
And they would make this covenant saying, I will keep my promise to you. And if I do not, may I be torn into do both of us. But the greater does not walk through and not the lesser. But you see here, something fantastic is happening. Even from the beginning of the Bible, when the three animals were torn into two, who walks through? God walks through. And Abraham does not walk through. God, how will I know you will keep my promise to me? And God says, if I do not keep my promise to you, may I be torn into two. May I be torn into pieces just like these animals. And that's exactly what happened. The covenant was fulfilled because God is the one that is saying, I will keep my promise to you. When I, when I visited Jerusalem, there is a, a path that I guess historians at the time believe that Jesus walked with the cross, and they call it the Via Dolorosa. And I remember walking the Via Dolorosa because I just wanted to walk the path, and whether it's true or not, I just wanted to do it. And as I was walking, I saw so many pilgrims um, also walking. And there are steps and there are posts where you can stop and then you can just reflect, Jesus, this happened here, this happened here, Simon picked up the cross here. And they have these steps. And I remember walking with another group, a, bu- uh, a group of Orthodox Christians, and at every step they would be singing. They would be singing hymns and praise. And I thought it was the most beautiful sight, a way to remember what Jesus went through for us. In many ways, we still live like the covenant has not been fulfilled. In many ways, we still live in fear. There are a lot of times when we think our life has this huge darkness over it. But here Jesus declares that I will fulfill my covenant. I will walk through. I will be torn into pieces so that I can show you my love. Not only does he fulfill that covenant by dying on the cross for us, but he gives us a new covenant. And he shared that with his disciples the night before. He says, with this I give you a new covenant. And this is a covenant which shows us that we are his forever. And if we are in God's hand, then who can take us out of his hand? Can angels, can demons, can any principality in the world, can any power take us out of Jesus' hands when he has us? That is the covenant and the promise that we are given through Jesus' blood. No one can take us out of his hands now. We are forever and eternally in Jesus' hands. It doesn't matter what comes our way. We have hope in Jesus. But we fight this fight. We fight this battle daily. And that's why we need to remind ourselves. That's why Jesus says, when you break the bread, when you pour the wine, remember me. Because it's important you remember me. 
Because there is a day that's coming when I will rectify all things. But for now, remember this and know that there is a day coming when perfection will come. But until then, work, strive, follow me, and I will build you. He is the author of our faith. He is the one that gives us our salvation. He is the Alpha and Omega, and he will keep us to the very end. And he is proving it to us every single moment. These days, I have to admit, I have been depressed. A huge depression came over me, and I didn't, I didn't know why exactly. I think <clears throat> perhaps it's all the things that are going on in my life, and perhaps it's all the burdens that I carry, but um, there was a depression that kind of tried to get into me, and this never happened to me before. But I think I was perhaps maybe even depressed about politics, and this kind of sound, it, it sounds silly, but for the past few months, I was obsessed. I was obsessed. All I would do is read blogs and watch news reports about Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. And I would seriously become depressed. I think it really did affect me because every time I have a conversation with even one of our deacons, I, I just want to talk about it, right? And I, I have all these predictions, right? This is what's going to happen. 2016 isn't the big election. It's 2020, you know? And then we would have these conversations and I was seriously depressed, and one of these things was because of politics. I think it affected me more than I realized because one night I had a dream, and I literally woke up singing God Bless America. That's how much I love America, you guys. I literally woke up singing God Bless America, land of the free, stand beside her. And I, I, know, all, I know the words, but... I love America, and I feel like maybe God was testing me. Do you love America that much that you don't trust in me? No matter who becomes president, whether you like them or not, even though you feel like there's no hope in any of the candidates, will you still trust in me? And I felt like God was challenging me. Perhaps some of you don't agree with me, and that's great. I think that's what makes this country good. We could talk about it, and we won't be executed, right? But... There are other things that we face, isn't it? Tomorrow, the future, my children, my parents, my friends, my house, my work, success, materials, how to keep up, how to keep in. And if you continue to think about it, it can start getting Suffocating. But you see, the reminder we have tonight is Jesus shed the blood that satisfies. He shed the blood that not only finished and fulfilled the first covenant. Jesus came here and said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it so that he could give us a new covenant. In Hebrews 8 The writer writes this, For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them from 
when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant, and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. He has fulfilled the first covenant. And he gives us a new one. That is why when we share in this table, what binds us isn't that we follow rules. That's not what binds us. It's not because we follow the same bylaws of the church. It's not because we have similar interests. That's not what binds us. What binds us is deeper, stronger, and it's unbreakable. Jesus Christ shed his blood for us, and that is what binds us now. That is why we are a family of God. Even if we make mistakes, Jesus still holds us together by his blood, and he is true. That is why we will never be broken. That is why ultimately in the end we will not be defeated. This is why we can say, oh death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? Because Jesus defeated it and we are bound to him and to each other by his blood. What Jesus did for us is amazing. The tears that we shed isn't because we sympathize with what Jesus is doing as he walks the Via Dolorosa. It's because we are crying because of the immensity of what he did for us. Do you realize what he has done for us? There's nothing you can do to separate you now from the love of God. Nothing. And he shed that blood for us. In the beginning of this service, there was, before the countdown, if you came in a little earlier, there was was a picture posted up, a slide posted up that said, please take a paper and a pen. And there's a reason why we're doing that. And while we have communion, I'm going to explain it to you now. We're still human, aren't we? We still have fear. We still have anxiety. There's still concern in our lives. That's because we're human. But Jesus doesn't leave us alone and saying, you deal with it. Even now, he reminds each and every single one of you, remember what I did on the cross. Remember my body broken for you. Remember my blood shed for you. And as we remember what I would like you to do is to be honest. Be honest. There is a darkness that is looming on the corner. There is a darkness that would try to jump you when you're not alert. 
There is a sadness that can come over you that you're not aware of. Sometimes it just does. And I want you to take a step of faith. And just as Abraham had faith, it says Abraham, at the end of that chapter, it says Abraham had faith and it was credited to him as righteousness. And the author of Hebrews talks about it as well. We also are called to have faith. Have faith that as we believe in Jesus, these things that we lay down before him, he will take care of it. He will see you through. He will make sure that you are okay. That you will be more than fine. He will guard your life. And he will make you prosper. It's Jesus that promises us these things and he will be true and uphold that covenant. What I want you to do as we enter into this time of communion is write down your fear on that piece of paper. Write down what is the thing that you fear most now. What is it that gets you into a dark place? What is your anxiety? What is the thing that you're afraid of even mentioning in public because you're afraid that your prayers won't be answered? What is that fear that you have? I want you to write it down on that piece of paper. And in faith, what we are going to do is we are going to lay that at the foot of the cross. We're going to lay that at the foot of the cross, and then we are going to receive the elements. So if you don't have a piece of paper and pen, I think we have some uh, deacons in the back, which I would like to ask if they could pass out the paper and pens. If you don't have one, could you just raise your hand? Or if you're in the back, you can grab one but they will come around and give it to you. And as we do this, let me just ask that you would do this in prayer. When you're writing these things down, you're doing it in faith, knowing that as you put it down before the Lord, he is going to be one that fulfills his covenant to you. He will guard your life and he will make you prosper and hold on to that promise. Let's take a few moments to meditate and pray what we have heard tonight. Let's pray.
As we enter into this time of communion, let us begin by reciting the prayer that the Lord has taught us to pray. When he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. They will come from the east and west, from the north and south, and sit at the table in the kingdom of God. According to Luke, when our risen Lord was at the table with his disciples, he took the bread, he blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites those who trust in him to share the feast which he has prepared. So hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it. To his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Given for you, do this in remembrance for me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup, the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the risen Lord, until he comes. At this time, let's enter into a time of meditation. And when you are ready, I want you to make two lines. Uh, could we have maybe two deacons help with the ushering? But two lines, and before you get your elements, this line will go to this side, and this line will go to this side. But before you do, please put the piece of paper in that basket, and then... Receive the elements. Let's enter into a time of meditation now and prayer.
the body of Christ broken for you. It's the blood of Christ shed for you. It's the body of Christ. It's the blood of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we are here today, tonight, to remember what you have done for us, knowing that we could not have fulfilled that covenant. We could not have done anything to attain or be worthy of the grace that we've been given. But because of your great kindness, because of your great mercy, We are able to stand before you because we know that we are covered not in our own righteousness, not by anything we have done, but we are covered by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And for that, Lord, we remember tonight all that you have done for us, how your body was broken and torn into pieces, how your blood was shed so that we could be with you for eternity. And we are eternally grateful. Lord, receive our worship and our praise. Receive all the honor tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.